Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim. And today we do our first book for Pride Month, which is, at least for me, always exciting. I love Pride Month when we do it. And our first book is Kim's Pick, which is The Sunbearer Trials, which is by Aidan Thomas and was published in 2022 through McMillan, McMillan Publisher. It is Aidan Thomas's third book. Aiden Thomas uses he, they pronouns. And if you want more information about them, you can go back to our Cemetery Boys where we do discuss, discuss the authors a little bit. Wow, I am speaking so well. Um, as for the plot, every decade the Sunbearer trials occur where the Semidios compete to be in the bearer to compete to be the bearer of soul or the sacrifice. It is usually the gold god's children who are picked. Teo is the son of a jade god and soon finds himself competing in the trials while trying to keep him and his friends from being the sacrifice. Yes. So going forward, we're starting with plot. Oh, Kim. Plot is first. What did you think of the plot? What did I think of the plot? I liked the plot. I like this guy's writing, so... um... Yeah, he could pretty much give me anything and I'd be happy. But I really like the fact that he writes these uh, very um hispanic oriented and uh his uh i guess hispanic mythology um stories so i really like it very very latin community yeah yeah sarah i'm fine did you not like this book it was fine i just (laughs) i mean yeah it's i didn't i didn't feel like reading it in the first place i'm not gonna lie so um i just came into it not necessarily reluctant but just like pretty meh i guess and then reading it i was just like i'm just getting strong hunger games vibes like a little bit of red rising with the obsidians and the golds and all that funny silliness and um like maze runner and you know all those it just it's like a slightly unique setting but a very generic ya plot line for me i mean it it is a young adult book so there is a level of formula to the writing i mean it It just felt very formulaic whereas like cemetery boys felt like a lot more original okay Um, so so when you so when you compare it to Cemetery Boys, it's lacking. Yeah, I just, yeah. Okay. See, what's funny is I feel like this didn't quite fall into those stereotypes. I don't get Hunger Games. Because if it was Hunger Games, they would have been, like, killing each other off. So I well, appreciate not, the fact that this was, like... Not, like, carbon copy of Hunger Games, but it is still children being made to compete. And there is an aspect of someone's going to die. It's yes. not everyone, but it's still like, and I mean like logic. And they did have I the just... one character that in the beginning was trying to kill people until he found out that he was going to lose if he killed anybody. So, are you talking about Ocello? I, I got the hung. Ocello, yeah. I, I yeah they. I can't remember everybody's names, but yeah, it's okay. Um, it had same that I, I also got like hunger games maze runner i it was very strongly that young adult so i just kind of forgave it and moved forward with yeah. it and enjoyed Which, I mean, the it, it's not a problem and, it's just it didn't feel else. super unique is the thing like yes it's like original unique. in the latin setting but other than that what what new it did it, it was fine that's the thing it's like i didn't think it was amazing it didn't blow me away but I was just strongly reminded of everything else that I've read before while going through it. So see, for me, I i mean, obviously it is a competition book, right? That That's a genre at this point is competition books where you have selections of teens who have to do specific things to get something. Um, and always whether... under very flimsy logic. Like I, Yeah. However, I will say, I think what I liked about this in terms of the competitions is, especially rereading it, each of the tasks that they are given are culturally relevant. Um, so, like, it kind of made sense. Like, the obviously, the primary example being the, um, 
I'm going to say this wrong. I know I am. The ab- I'm sure we're all going to butcher these. Yeah, the Abrias. Mm-hmm. So the little um spirit um creatures. The Elabria. Is it Elabria? I can't excited. I don't know. I'm trying to remember time. how they pronounced it in Coco, but it's been a while since I watched that movie. I listened to it in trip or on double speed, so I just don't know if I'm missing certain sounds. They I said didn't a- listen to them. <laughs> I know. So I'm at a disadvantage. I, I, I think it's a Bria. Um, I apologize if I'm bushing. I just look it up. But yes, the bright rainbow hybrid creatures. Yeah. I am spelling that wrong. Anyways, so like, I like the fact that there was, like, it seemed like there was cultural relevance with each of the um, competitions. And I'll be honest, I love the fact that in the end, they are now having to travel to where the Obsidians are because, and I know you guys always make fun of me, that's a very big thing in um, Aztec mythology where individuals travel to the god space and um, then go through, because there's the story of the two brothers, I just can't remember the exact details of it at the moment um but there is that like risk of traveling to somewhere unexpected and having to traverse through this space and i feel like that's what this book was setting up for along with you know setting up the obsidians coming um to be fair i'm nearly positive when it comes to the gods that the breakdown of like obsidian jade and stuff I'm nearly positive that is accurate to the mythology and so predates yeah. Red Rising. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not saying that he was copying Red Rising. It's just yeah, yeah. when I was reading it, that's where my mind yeah. was. So it, unintentional, obviously. And definitely yeah. I would not say that he was in any way influenced by that, that it was entirely yeah. mythology, but still. Yeah. So really Red Rising ruined things for me. I know. I know. You have issues <laughs> with Red Rising. I just feel um, betrayed. Because the books got longer. I know. Yes, his sequels completely undid all the effort of like the first trilogy part. It's like, why? Why are we even going through this? But that's not, not important. So, anyways, so <laughs> I I liked all of that. I I also liked that in terms of a of a competition, we were kind of set up that these kids all already knew each other as opposed to being strangers. Um, I mean, some of them didn't know each other as well as the others, but I did like that aspect of it, and so the friendships and the bonds that were used to compete with each other made sense to me. You know, it wasn't like, oh, you happened to be in this one spot, so we agreed to help each other and we just kind of stuck it out. Teo knew Nia and could relate to Shio, and so it made sense that they kept trying to help each other and also, you know, kind of trying to help Aurelio, but you know, didn't know the others as well um so yeah i don't know i just like this plot i love this book it just makes me warm and fuzzy and i get to the end of it and i can't wait for the next one to come out okay any other plot comments you guys have i just don't understand what the plot was supposed to or not not like the story plot but like the obsidian plot putting geo in there like what was 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 he supposed to win and get a hold of the dagger was he supposed to be sacked? Because, like, he just had to cut his hand with the dagger and everything went to shit, right? So, like, what so, What was the plan there? I It was not clear, because I reread that part, and, like, they never mentioned what the plan is. So what I was it thinking really is weird. that in order for the sacrifice to fail, someone of obsidian blood had to cut themselves with the obsidian knife. It was an obsidian knife. Um, so I think she was supposed to be the sacrifice. And when the knife then pierced their hearts, the sacrifice would fail. However, I mean, but then why was Teo just... and Nia didn't know this, so they were trying to help him. And if you actually like there are times where Shio doesn't do anything to succeed. 
and you even have the compensations like with the little mouse creature where it magically it disappeared out of his jacket and the implication is i think that shio released it shio wanted to fail hmm. and then i yeah, think that true. shio was using the black eyes and trying to force situations where teo had to stop protecting him and allow him to fail but well, he Teo did it badly because then he fucked up Ar- Aristella, Aristella or whatever. And like... Aristella, yeah, yeah. Okay, but but, but yeah, yeah I, just like, I, I, I think the original Obsidian plan was that he was supposed to be the sacrifice, and when the knife pierced him, it would fuck up the ceremony. And it's like, how would they know that Soul would pick him? And also, then I just have, like, I question Soul's judgment ability, since it can't tell what an obsidian is, apparently, and, um, you know. Well, we don't, we don't know the functions of that. I mean, obviously, Soul was picking based off intentions, not off one's ability to succeed, which is why Teo won in the end, is because he was the most willing to sacrifice of himself so he should be the one allowed to sacrifice um, is the way I kind of took it. Like, he would make the right choice in theory at the end for the better good because he well, acted for the better good. Well, then why would Soul choose the kid with the intention to fuck everything up? I'm just, like... <laughs> no, I know. I, I, don't, I don't know, and I don't know that we're, not, we're like supposed to know. Points. I don't think we're yeah. supposed to know yet. Um, we'll find I mean, out. Obviously, they're going to try to assemble Soul, and we might learn then. Um, or it could be that Soul isn't the one actually figuring in this out, and it was Luna's all along. And I mean, they—they they, no one knew that Shio was a obsidian. They all thought he was the uh, son of the god of misfortune, of bad luck. So. It, there's some implication that they're not truly all-knowing as gods. They're just Oh, yeah, no, powerful. definitely not. It just seems like Soul is supposed to be a little bit more But I wonder if Soul but... is the one truly making the decisions as to who sacrifices and doesn't sacrifice. Um, well, yeah, especially now that we know the Obsidians have been fucking with things. Um, so I can't help but wonder if, because especially at the very end, it makes an emphasis that you can't have the sun without the moon and the moon can't survive without the sun. So I suspect Lunas is actually the one who is making the determination as to who does what under the presumption that they know that she knows what the, what soul would pick or want. So. Yeah, could be. Okay, so you guys ready to rate plot? Oh, that's right. We have to rate each one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So out of 10, Sarah, what do you give the plot? A five. A five. Okay. Kim. Um, probably. After listening to you guys talk for the last uh, three hours. Um... Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that's what we were here to do. <laughs> and it was not three hours. I'm keeping track of time. <laughs> Um, you, you guys just blew all of my enjoyment of this plot just out of the water. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Even though Amberly was defending. Is is this where also where I would I would uh, address whether it ends or not? I can't remember the set. The no, category. that's no. ending. Uh, this no, is just, just plot. a general like, the plot. plot premise that's plot. plot. Mm. And it's one yeah, out of ten. Okay. So midway. Wow. You guys have no kindness to yeah. this plot. I yeah, give it's it, thoroughly average. It's the middle. I give it an eight. I love this plot. I, I rereading it, enjoyed it massively. But I feel okay. like you enjoyed like the setting and the characters more than the actual plot itself. No, I I yeah. love the whole like competition for this. I don't hate competition stories. Oh, okay. Um I enjoy them. And I like watching the different ways that people play around with competition stories. So, okay. So next is our main character. So who do we want to establish as ma- that? Like, I know we have Teo. Do we feel like anyone else? Probably falls- Teo. Okay. 
Does anybody else fall under main character category for you? Or do you think everybody else well, should be? Because weren't there, weren't there like a main four? Teo, uh, Naya, or I, I can't remember oh, their so, names so you're thinking all right now. Teo, Nia, Shio, and Ar um, Aurelio? Yeah. Okay. That's what I think, yeah. Do you agree, Sarah? I mean, like, Aurelio was barely in it, but he was established as a more significant character to Teo. So, I mean, like, I guess. Okay. Well, if you don't want to do that, then I would say it's Teo and the the one with, that starts with an X. Gio? Shio? Yeah. Yeah. I would say Nia, too. I say we treat the, the trio as the main characters for this book. I think Aurelio was being set up to be a main character for book two. Okay. So oh man, Kim's internet is so bad. It's a it little is. choppy. I'm sorry. Okay. I, so I am back of beyond again. No worries. Okay, so Kim, what did you think of the main characters? I liked them. I liked their dynamics. I liked they, how they got along. I liked um, I liked that we had established a an established main friendship. Um, and we didn't have to do anything to build friendships. You know, them already knowing each other. I enjoyed that. Um, whether it was the main characters along with the sub-characters, but having those two know each other um, and be such good friends, it made it made some of the um, interactions easier to to I guess stomach. I can't think of a better way to phrase it. Um, and then I liked to wanted to um, wanted to to protect the little one so much, even though he ended up being the the bad guy in the end. Okay, are you laughing at me? I am because I can't one figure out if your brain is buffering or if you're buffering at times when you pause. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. <laughs> and then two, you sound like you didn't like this as much as I thought you well, liked it. <laughs> okay, so as explanation, I have spent I got up not early early, but I got up fairly early. I've spent an entire day in a room by myself. Um, I have not interacted with anybody until now, so my brain is, um, and it's it's after nine. So you're mushy. It's one on ten. Um, I'm tired. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so you anyway. you like the dynamic of the main characters? Um, I, I did. I have to agree with you. I I I'll add on along with liking Nia and Teo's relationship. It felt believable that they've been friends all their lives. The author did a really good job of writing it in a way that I believed these two have known each other since diapers almost. So, Sarah, what did you think? I um, I like Teo, and I did like Nia. Nia? Nia? Nia. Um, Nia? Okay. More than I thought I would, honestly. At the beginning, I wasn't sure, but she really like grew on me quite a bit over the book um, i adore her i mean i never got like super attached to any of the characters but again i i like them well enough um i felt like i was supposed to care about Gio more than i did not that i didn't like him he was fine i just i don't know then it turned out he was an obsidian and i was like okay that's cool i guess um maybe that'll have a more interesting storyline with them trying to like save him from being evil um so that could be an interesting thing if they went that route but yeah i mean the characters themselves outside of their dynamic yeah they were fine um I mean, I do have to admit that, like, 
one of the reasons I feel I wasn't really feeling this book is because um, like there's this other piece of media that I've been like really obsessed with and it has characters with superpowers and like one of them one of them my favorite characters their superpower is like their wings and then my other favorite character their superpower is fire but they're not fireproof which is like this whole thing and so reading this book I was like this is a weird coincidence and also you know how I get when I'm reading something that is similar to something I really like, I just don't really. I can't do anything about that. I know. I, know. I, I, have, like, I don't even know this? what you are obsessing. I'm assuming it's like a TV show or something. Um, since you just said another media, you didn't say what kind of media. Maybe it's a video game. I don't know. You're not giving us info. <laughs> but I, I have no way of controlling this. I know, I know. It's just as I was reading it, I was like, oh, great, because I really just want to be reading fanfic for that other thing. And this almost feels like a really, really out of character AU fanfic for the other thing that I'm more interested in. And yet it's not. It's no, no, no. Obviously, again, it's not. It's entirely yeah. unique, but yeah. um, that was just, oh, oh. that was what I was struggling against while I was trying to read this book. It's like, yeah, it was fine, but I just wasn't connecting with it probably as much as I would have been if the other media had, had already yeah. taken the spot. My not. God, <laughs> I was like, I was like waiting for you to be really into this. I was like, oh, you know, we've got we've got trans characters, we've got different disability representation, we've got you know different types of characters, and I thought you were gonna end up like enjoying. Um, if not Teo, maybe Shio. You know, like I thought you would like you would find someone, and then you you filled your little cubby hole, <laughs> and now there's really? no space for this in the cubby hole. <laughs> yeah, sorry. About and so that. now I have to drag tired Kim and indifferent Sarah through this conversation, kicking and screaming, when I just I mean, want to rave about it. <laughs> I do. I mean. I don't like competition books anymore, too. I know. So that, that was always I knew working that against was working against you, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. That's where I'm at. But, yeah. I, I love Nia. I love Nia <laughs> so much. And this is one of the rare times where I love the main character. I love oh, Teo. That is weird. I, oddly enough, could relate to Teo um just in that sense of like that weird you know how do you fit in your own body i love the doing the body dysphoria with the wings as opposed to like more feminine style features i adored that um i adored how confident tail was and who they were it just i loved it um and i adored the fact that this is one of those few times where we have a trans main character and they were trying to help another trans main character as opposed to the one being helped. So I love the fact that Teo looked at Shio and went, I've been there. What can I do to help? And we don't get that that very often. It really, we kind of either get everyone's fully developed into that part of their lifestyle. There's nothing to really learn about there. Or it's, I've got to use this opportunity to teach you what it means to be trans because, you know, the world has to be taught these things instead of just figuring it out for themselves. Um, so I loved that dynamic as well. And just, I loved their personalities. I liked the fact that Teo could talk to birds. Adored that. Loved every conversation with the birds. They were hilarious. Um, so yeah, loved it. Loved the main characters. Sarah, what is your character rating? I mean, I guess I would say a seven. Okay. That's acceptable. Kim. Mine's an eight. An eight? Yeah. Mr. Ronan. What's he doing? Dig into Simbuck 2. I give it a ten. That's a ten. Okay, so then secondary characters. Sir, stop. Sarah, what were your feelings on the secondary characters? 
I know you love them compared to the main characters. Like you totally like just took off madly obsessed with them. Yes, I was just, I really connected with this book and obsessed on these other characters. That's for sure. Um, uh, I mean, like, the the gods were kind of interesting. Okay. Um, looking at the character cards, like, again, Malasuerte is, like, super hot. Um, not that you see that in the book, but, you know, uh, other characters, um, why am I not surprised that you looked at the, the character cards and Mala is the one you've liked the look of the best? I mean, look at him. That is, that's an attractive fella. That's all I can say. Uh, no, see these things. I know. I, I sent you a link, but you're on your phone, so you can't pull them up. Well, uh, I could, but I might lose you guys. Yeah. Characters themselves go. Uh, like, Aurelio, I liked him. Um, but he also just seemed kind of like a, I don't know, more passive character. And sometimes I was just... I don't know. I wish that he had more personality <laughs> than okay. what he has shown thus far. Um, but he's, it seems like he'll be promising if he gets developed more in the second book. Um, I suspect he will be. I mean, I would hope so if he's going to be like one of the main characters. Uh, his sister, yeah, she's a character that exists, that's for sure. Um, and then like the other ones, like Othello. I didn't like him at the beginning, but they are a bit of a jerk, and I do tend to gravitate towards that character type, so especially when they were, like, with their jaguar and everything, I was like, I'm liking this character. Um, <laughs> well, that's more than you gave the main character, so I guess I wasn't far off in saying that the <laughs> secondary characters were the ones that actually drew your attention this time. Oh my God. Well, I don't know. I would say that I probably like Teo the best of all characters, side and oh, primary. Okay. But um, I don't know. I, I Whenever I have to talk about the main characters, I just like draw a blank. I'm like, yep, they were cool or eh. Okay, well, we're talking about the secondary characters. Yes. Okay. But then like the other ones, Marino, Zochi, Desi, like they were mostly just names to me. I mean, I just didn't really care about them one way or another. not that I want I didn't want anyone to die like obviously but uh I don't know that that was obvious I don't I don't know for the listener that it was obvious that you didn't want others to die okay well here's the thing I don't like character death in stories so especially when they're just teenagers and um so uh don't use that against me on future books but um <laughs> no I've made a mental <laughs> note of that I mean that's one of the reasons I don't like competition books because they're always for whatever reason involving like to the death or there's a good chance that most of the characters will die and it's like I don't want to read that you know so okay yeah. all right are you like like scrolling something um because I can hear it oh my mouse Yes, that, that, yeah, yeah sorry, okay. I was scrolling through the character cards, trying to, like, okay. see if I could find in myself any other thoughts and feelings. That's okay, we can move on to Kim now. <laughs> Is she slow awake? Yay. I am. No, I'm I'm having a really hard time because the buffering is really, really bad. You're um, not even showing up on my I, computer. I'm here with Amber. Oh, there you are. Okay, so to recap the part that I am going to trim... Kim was buffering, but she was saying that she likes Aurelio and Aristella because she loves sibling stories. Yep, that's as much as you're going to get out of me, because you're buffering again. Okay, so then I will talk, and then I will get ratings, and then we will continue on. 
Oh, and boy. anyone who is still here is very patient and must really love the Sunbearer Trials. Um, I love all of the main characters. I love the Dioses. Dioses? Dioses? Do you mean the secondary characters? Because I thought that's what we were talking about. Yeah, but yeah, I was talking she, about she the gods, that. but I was using the correct word what? for them. No, 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 you said you love you all the main characters. main characters. Oh, okay, main characters. Sorry, I'm trying to juggle <laughs> too many things and keep you guys moving. Okay, I like all of the secondary characters, especially the Dioses. I like all we learn about them. I like all of the other competitors. I like the fact that we have, you know, gender fluid. We have uh, trans. We have disability representation. Um, I think there are little moments dedicated to each of the competitive characters, the competition characters, that I get a sense of what their personality is and what's at stake for them. Um, so I quite like that. Since. Just keep going. <laughs> okay. So that's, I don't think really Sarah has any comments to anything I just said. We're just going to go straight into the ratings on this one. So Sarah, what is your character, your ratings for secondary characters? Uh, hmm. I feel like uh, you have to give it higher than an eight since you were more enthusiastic talking about excuse these. Excuse him. I did a seven last time, so I have to do higher than seven by that metric. Oh, you did seven. Sorry, Kim did eight. You have to do some yeah. higher than seven. Yeah, but like, just because I liked like Ocello and whoever else I mentioned. This was the most enthusiastic you've been so far. It has to have a higher rating. 7.2. Okay, that's fine. I will take 7.2. Wait, no, that's a really weird number. I was just testing you to see if you'd accept <laughs> no. my decimal. 7.2. It is locked in. <laughs> Shot myself in the foot there. You did. Kim, what's your rating for secondary characters? Then five years later. Stop talking, Sarah. Did you not hear me? No, Sarah was talking. She didn't make a sound when I was talking. <laughs> Stop talking! Me. Stop talking! Ten. 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 Thank you. I love the secondary characters. Not that I talked about it, but I love <laughs> Okay. I, too, give them a ten. I, I found them to be fantastic. Okay. Now, Sarah, complain about plausibility. Uh... I mean, the wings were much too small for flight, even with oh, hollow God. bones. Oh, God. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> what else? Come on. I know you've so, had like, other things. I spent a lot of time in the beginning being confused as to how Teo could bind their wings when they, like, before it was emphasized that, like, the top of the wing was at the shoulder blade and the bottom reached the smaller of the back. Then it made sense. But, like, actual flight size wings for a human would be much larger and would not fit under a little binder uh well even like a large binder um i think it was just that they're magical and they're represented by being like, yes i knew you were going to say that except like, you, there wasn't I any knew, mention of magic being used but yes yeah. we just have to kind of wave it aside as being like yes that's yeah. the magic of quetzal um so can I expand I mean, on that a little bit? Yes. yes, please do. Because the fact that his shoulders hurt when he was is almost idiotic because your wings your shoulders your shoulders would have to do with your arms. Um, that irritated the living crud at me. Uh, I've actually done stupidly <laughs> extensive research on human wings if if we were to ever have um i did appreciate the hollow bones comment that that was at least helpful in the situation because that's one of the big things is our bones are too heavy we can't sustain light our flight god is light. um but yeah just the whole the, the way he was experiencing pain because of flying didn't make any Okay. Anyway, that was my comment on that. Anything else that you guys have issues with with plausibility? 
other than what you've already mentioned with soul and how the decisions were being made the wings anything else yeah the whole like sun bearer trials like how was that even a long-term solution how did they even come to that decision who came up with that plan why was it children i, I mean like i just <laughs> well it's not children like, it's, it's it's teens well i'm sorry teens that are, are demigods that are demigods still so for still all children. we know for all we know the reason why it has to be teens is because the demigods maybe once they hit adulthood are too strong and can't just be simply killed we don't know because we really didn't interact with too many of them to like determine that so maybe that's the best age that they felt was like reasonable to have to make them compete but like not too old that they would no longer be like defeatable the Why main have problem children if you might have one be sacrificed? Because in order to sustain the entirety of your society, you must replenish soul. Why not just slap a newborn baby on that slab and cut it open? I mean, like, does that just not produce enough elixir? Because it needs to be a giving sacrifice because soul sacrificed himself so the person making the sacrifice and the person who is being sacrificed must understand the implications of what they are participating in and best replicate the reason why soul did it in I the mean, first place i just feel like the one being sacrificed is just the one that's shittiest at the trials right so it's just like we didn't we didn't get that though it wasn't like if you fail you're automatically at the bottom lunas told us that there was a special means that soul was determining this and just because you won or lost did not change where you sat because shio towards the beginning did terribly but his actions weren't impure compared to others so he actually was higher ranked up until well, towards the end were well then the one who's at the bottom is the one judged to be the most impure so that's that's yeah. also like a big old fuck you to that poor yeah, child I know. well you know when you have um, godly powers you're at risk of people finding you to be problematic Yes, Kim. I wasn't sure if I could be heard. <laughs> because you guys have been rampaging. <laughs> and uh, it's all right. Uh, the fact that you would choose to sacrifice children and this is a problem with, with, with a lot of these shows and parents to accept that sacrifice is is such an improbable thing to me. I think fight it ultimately they, they, they aren't going to sacrifice their kids it's just not going to happen I just don't know why they didn't try to find why didn't they try to put soul back together a lot faster if they could do that the whole time I don't know because it was easier just to kill their children I, like that's yeah okay that's anything else anything else I mean, everything else is just, like, hand-waved as being magic, so, you know. Okay. Okay. Also, are there no stars in the sky now? Or, like, was it no, just certain stars? Just stars? certain stars. No. Okay. Okay. Possible, but... <laughs> so what is your plausibility rating, Sarah? Three. Okay. Sarah gave it a three, and... <laughs> Kim held up a finger of two. A finger of two. A finger of two. <laughs> I I give it a five. I I I can dismiss most of it just because I enjoyed it and I don't mind. Okay. Uh, for the listener, Kim is having difficulties with buffering, so she is not going to be talking anymore. She's just going to be giving us her ratings. Um, she did attempt to tell us that she didn't love this ending. Because it doesn't have a proper ending like she feels books should have at this point. Um, instead, it kind of was a cliffhanger kind of situation. Which doesn't appeal to her most of the time. Um, yep, I got a thumbs up. I got that correct. Sarah, what did you think of the ending? Uh, I have mixed feelings about the ending. Um, on the one hand, which I think we have a different rating for predictability, but it is something that you kind of see coming from a long ways away, up to a point. Didn't necessarily see the whole obsidian thing and like the consequences that they've been warning us about actually coming to fruition. Um, but 
And on one hand, it does make me kind of intrigued to see what happens next because we're moving away from the competition aspect of this. And mm-hmm. that could open up the possibility for more interesting plot lines, at least more interesting for me. However, along that same vein, which is why I'm a little concerned, because I assume, are we going to read the next book when it comes out? Of course. Yeah. Um, when they do have these competition books and they move away from the competition aspect, sometimes the plot goes like totally off the rails and just gets batshit stupid or crazy. And so I am just worried. I don't, I, f- I think I feel more optimistic than pessimistic about it, but I still feel that there is a chance that this could end up going that route, um, depending on the author's choices. Uh, but I hope not. I hope it kind of develops more. We see more of the world and everything. So as far as the ending goes, like it made sense with what the author set up. Kim is right, though, that it just kind of ends abruptly with no real resolution to what's been going on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, again, when reading it, I didn't feel overawed. I just kind of felt kind of like cautious about it and also kind of like, yep, that is the end of that, I guess, for now. Okay. I loved enjoyed it. the ending. Oh. Enjoyed it. <laughs> um, Blurred out my finger. (laughs) Okay, anyways. I loved the ending. I enjoyed it. Um I I mean, obviously expecting that the competition was not gonna go the way it was supposed to. However, I did not expect um Shio to be the cause of the situation. I thought there was going to be some bigger bad and not that one of them was like the catalyst to the bigger bad. Um, so that was very interesting and rereading it a second time, the realizing the little hints that are actually there throughout the entire thing that's leading to that moment. I really liked. Yes. Yes. Like, um, one of the things, this is really random, but like after I finished the book later that day, I was taking a shower and I just randomly thought of it, but like the whole scene where Gio was talking about how he couldn't like he never went to doctors because his dad didn't trust them and I was like yeah you little liar you would have bled black if they stuck a needle in you and uh yeah. I just appreciated that detail like six hours after the fact of reading the book yeah and, it, and that's what I liked is those little things where it's like okay this seems like you know oh you know he's just pretty you know protective dad and you could dismiss it and then you go back and you hear it listen to it or read it a second time and it's like oh you were telling us you were warning us and I missed that red flag. Good you. Good you. <laughs> um, and then I just looked it up because I really wanted to make sure I did the correct myth. So the other thing is I get to the end of this book each time and I am so, so excited for the second one. Um, and that is because it very much gives me the vibes of Quetzalcoatl and his twin. And they're... they're story of traveling through to the god space and all that kind of stuff um which i had previously mentioned but Quetzalcoatl is who it is it's aztec and i am terrible at aztec names but i love aztec myths um the only word that i can ever properly say is axolotl and i sometimes accidentally say other words as axolotl because it's the only aztec word that i can keep to stick in my brain in terms of how it looks in fact we were talking about teo's mother and i accidentally called her an axolotl (laughs) (laughs) because i couldn't say uh her name which is oh where is it quetzal quetzal so i accidentally said axolotl instead of quetzal i really want an axolotl (laughs) semi-dios Man, that would have been awesome. When they described one of the little creatures as being an axolotl, I wanted it. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I thought of you when that came up. I was like, I'm sure you did. Like that. I'm sure you did. I love axolotls. Um, I have a little like axolotl stuffed animal with like rainbow. I think I sent you a picture of it of rainbow like frills and stuff. It's my little pride 
pride bottle um, that I got from Build-A-Bear. Anyways, <laughs> what my original rant was is I was really excited by the ending because it instantly had me craving the next book. It instantly had me thinking about Quetzalcoatl's myth, which is one that I have read before and I found very interesting. Um, because it's kind of that weird underworld traversing kind of story, which I love. Um, no matter the mythology, there's something about underworld, the afterlife, the other life. I like stories where they explore that. Um, so I'm I really mean, excited. Considering how much they come up in different mythologies, it does seem to be the kind of story people like, historically I, speaking. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then... I will be honest, I got to the end and Nia was so devastated that she failed that I just cannot wait for her build up. I feel like she's going to be even more of a character in the next one that we've been set up that she is now at her lowest and and I think it's going to go somewhere and I'm excited for it. So like I just I got to the ending and I was excited. So, yeah. Uh, Sarah, what do you rate the ending? Uh, hmm. mixed feelings, but slightly positive. I guess I'd go with a six. Okay. Kim. Five. Five? Okay. I give it... I give it a... What? I was going to say, it's going to be weird when we get ratings from Kim and have absolutely no context for them. <laughs> um, I probably will be able to figure out some of the context for them, although we're getting some weird topics now. Um, <laughs> I give it an eight. And really, because it does have that kind of abrupt stop to the competition, so that docked it a few points for me. I could have used, like, maybe another chapter or two to that ending, as opposed to, like, competition come up with a plan hand off the artifacts that i'm now gonna have to remember for the next book the end so i i could have used that stretch just a little bit more for yeah myself. it did seem a little rushed come to think of it yeah um okay so then mechanics i personally don't have anything to say about mechanics i think it's well structured i, I agree I, I mean like that's this author is a good writer yeah, uh, he is. Um, and so I feel like they paced it out really well. They didn't linger too long on like background details describing all these different cities. They gave it enough flavor so you kind of know you can picture it without like bogging us down, yeah. plodding through. And then like they didn't waste a lot of time on the trials. They wrote what was relevant, what was needed to know. Um, so yeah, no, I I think the mechanics were really well done. Okay. So what do you rate the mechanics? Um, I, I mean, I, I don't want to use my tens unless I really love something. So I'm just going to give it like a nine. Okay. Um, but yeah. And then Kim was nodding along to all of that. So what is <laughs> your. It's so blurry. Ten. 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 Yeah. I think that's, that's correct. Ten. Okay. She wiggled all ten fingers. All ten fingers. Okay. Um, I completely and utterly agree. I also am giving it a 10. And the only other thing that I want to add on in terms of the mechanics is in terms of the descriptions, I could picture this movie. I wanted it to be a movie. And like when they were talking about the outfits, when they were talking about the clothes, when or not the clothes, the clothes, the cities, the people, like everything was so visually clear to me that I could already see the movie. And I think that's a really important thing about mechanics is to be able to visualize what the world is that the author's creating. So I gave it a 10 as well. Um, so then we have predictability, which we've kind of already touched on. Was there anything else you wanted to add about predictability, Sarah? No, I mean, part of the predictability is because it does follow the formula of a competition book. Yeah. Quite a bit. Um, but I do also think that they, I mean, like the author, Aiden Thomas is his name, I believe. Yes. Um, also the name of one of our new mantids. 
<laughs> uh, they did a really good job at like writing it in a way that wasn't like setting it up so that you can follow along and you kind of know what's going to happen right yeah but without it being like so blatantly predictable and then obviously you kind of get even though you know it's not going to go like with oh Teo oh my god I forgot Teo's name there for a second Teo's going to like slice some poor chap up and like sacrifice him you know that that's not going to happen um I didn't necessarily know who was going to be like the sacrifice yeah I figured it wasn't going to be Teo um and then obviously again didn't expect the geo thing didn't expect all hell to break loose with the obsidians um so now and then then we're really in uncharted territory now so yeah yeah Uh, yeah i will say it feels like it should have been more predictable so when we do get those big reveals at the end i realize they didn't feel out of place and they didn't feel like too predictable it was a nice fine balance i think and i think part of that is because when we had these competitions going on there was never an obvious this is going to be the person who wins this competition right usually with other competition stories you have a clear task that's designed to up this person so they could downfall later and you know vice versa and i really felt like with these competitions it wasn't oh we're doing this kind of thing so this is who's going to win um i i feel like there was enough of an if factor there that getting to the end kind of allowed for that unpredictability uh do you agree sarah yeah no and and of course i was reading it on pages right you were probably doing audiobook or were you also doing pages audiobook even the first time you read it no the first time i read it i read it physically okay yeah because there were times when like the rankings would be on the next page over and i would like slap my arm down across it so that i didn't accidentally look over and see who won because yeah i wouldn't be i wouldn't know for sure um yeah who was actually going to win or what the rankings would be especially the final rankings because those were right there and i was like no don't look don't know yeah focus on the story (laughs) okay so then what do you rate the predictability I mean, and this would be like, like 10 would be like a good level of like, it makes it, sense without being yeah. like super obvious. And one would be yeah. like way too predictable or just, yeah, or just like, well. or impossibly okay. unpredictable. Like, like it was like left field. Yeah. Like not even connected, just random yeah. shit thrown at a wall. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean. Hmm. I really like sevens. I'm still grab like that's the number that my brain keeps landing on. So I'm just gonna go with seven rather than seven? sit here and okay. mull it over. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Kim. A one. one? Oh <laughs> man, I wish you could make comments and not have issues. But no, Kim did not enjoy the predictability or lack of predictability in this. And I could not even begin to guess as to why. Um, other than maybe it was too predictable. Yes, I did everything that happened. I knew. Okay. So Kim had an easy time predicting it. It it felt pretty cliche for her. Uh I give it I give it a seven honestly like it's just like it's a little bit over you know it's it yeah it's a seven okay okay so now we are we've got three more categories so this one is emotional reaction any thoughts sarah or were you neutral because you just Ooh. didn't? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, I never really emotionally connected with the story or the characters. Uh, I guess with that being said, I did still have like overall a general positive sort of reaction to the book, but yeah there wasn't any like moment where certainly no moment where like teared up or anything like that or even just felt that rush of feeling okay Okay. so what do you rate it 
5.5. No, I'll give it a 6 because there was that other one. I knew you were going to give it 6. I knew you were going to give it a 6. It's like, it's going to be 7. No, seven's too high. Well, because I rated that other one that was like mostly mixed but slightly positive. So I got to be consistent here. Uh, What about you, Kim? What was your emotional rating? Blurry. Eight. Eight. To say every time we t- every time we talked as to how progress was going, Kim was enjoying it. So she enjoyed the book. Positive emotionals. I I give it a ten. It gives me the warm fuzzies. I just like the characters make me feel warm and fuzzy. It's like a story that I just like going back to. I might even have to own the audiobook just so I can listen to it whatever I want. Because I will say. The narrator's voice for the audiobook is perfection. I could not p- picture a better Teo voice. Um, so yeah, it's a solid 10 for me. Da, da, da. Okay, now for readability. Sarah, thoughts? Like how easy to read? Yeah, oh, Kim's well, just Kim declaring 10. 10, 10. Kim found it easy to read. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, other than the fact that my mentally I just wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just didn't want to read something that wasn't related to what I was obsessing over currently. And that, again, is an entirely personal thing. Um, book's super easy to read. In fact, I think I read it in under 24 hours, despite not really wanting to read it. So it's like, it wasn't torture. It was fine. Uh, okay. Super easy to follow. So what do you rate it? Uh, yeah i mean nine does it get docked a point for not being your hyper fixation that's not its fault though (laughs) (laughs) no i would say yeah this is super easy so yeah i would go with 10 okay i i give it a 10 as well i i enjoy reading it i loved rereading it it is probably one book that i would happily reread again should i ever have an opportunity or reason to need to read it or just want to read it and have time um so finally we have style so any thoughts on style sarah um i mean i feel like this is kind of similar to what we talked about with uh mechanics but Mm -hmm. um again the use of description without going overboard um like the prose is very clean uh Mm -hmm. and pretty straightforward um but detailed enough so that you get a picture you know what's going on you can picture everything everything makes sense uh so i i do like this author's writing style um they have a very clear voice i've read I've read one of their books where their their voice isn't as clear because it was technically their first book. And so having read one that isn't as strong and then reading Cemetery Boys in this one, there is definitely a clear voice that if someone were to come to me and be like, I want Latinx, I want trans, I want young adult, I would be like Aiden Thomas this this is who you want it would be the first name that i'd get even if someone said i wanted trans or if they said i wanted latinx representation aiden thomas would be my first first go-to to recommend to them so yeah anything else you wanted to say about readability or style because i realized i kind of bolt those there no no uh i yeah no it, that's pretty much pretty much it good style yep and then I the only other thing I wanted to say about style is I just I love the way that this author handles the Latin community where we are given the information so we can follow along but there isn't hand-holding um so for example we have all of these gods and there's like you know the god of bad luck the god of goddess of birds but you know we don't get this long drawn out breakdown of everything that they are capable or a of translation for everything yeah and so it's it's i like the level of trust this style has and kim is just over here nodding her head to that uh she very much agrees i i like the level of trust that we as the reader can figure it out or should take the time to do the research if we can't figure it out yeah so it's not okay. written to baby us it's like- yes it's to like 
give us that diversity that we should have. Even the trans or it's written for, you know, that community, you know, Latin community more. And it's like if you want to enjoy it, great, that's great. But like, you'll have to do the work if you want, you know, if you don't understand something. And even like when it came to the trans stuff, it it really wasn't like, you know, Teo says straight up, you know, they had top surgery. They have a discussion about whether or not they're taking um, hormones versus blockers, but we weren't given like a breakdown of what's the difference. Um, You know, we're told that Teo has body dysmorphia because of the wings, but like, you know, it's not saying this is what body dysmorphia means. We're just supposed to kind of be along for the journey of this is a trans character, but this isn't a trans character teaching us about trans. So I just... I love the author's style of trust in its reader. Um, so what would you rate it, Sarah? Um, hmm. Or should I ask Kim first? Maybe Kim first. Ten. To ten. That's too fast. That bought me like <laughs> one second of time. <laughs> it's a 10 for me as well okay i don't know i just i feel like the higher numbers i don't like using them unless it's like really blows me away or like readability where it's just like a book would have to be pretty bad honestly to get much lower than the top numbers um i like the style but I wouldn't say it blows me away. So um, I, I don't know why I struggle so much. Uh, <laughs> I just, so, I want to say eight. That's eight. what I keep coming to. That's fair. That's that's not, you know, a bad rating out of 10. <laughs> that's a B. Okay. So now I just got to do my formulas. Okay. So Sarah, you gave it 68 point two B plus <laughs> uh which is higher than fourth wing really yeah you gave fourth wing 62.75 of course fourth wing had some issues <laughs> i enjoyed fourth wing more but when breaking down the parts <laughs> that was more of a the sum or the parts do not always equal the sum kind of situation yeah now, interestingly enough, Kim, your overall score was 69 for this one. Nice. You liked Fourth Wing more mm-hmm. by a point and a half. And she can't <laughs> say it's weird. She can't say anything because she <laughs> she's just um, nodding. Yeah. And then let's see here. I gave it mine's gonna be really high because I had a lot of tens. I gave it an 88. an originality category. What? That's kind of, that's kind of style is, is kind of supposed to be the, like, like the, that's where you can give them points kind of thing. Since it's so subjective. For the future. Yeah. Cause it's so subjective in terms of style, but I kind of wanted to include it as a kind of like, there's something, something about it or something that like really repulsed you. That's a good point to kind of, take it away if it doesn't fall in other categories i gave it an 88 so i really liked it i'm so surprised Um, based on everything you've said thus far i know anticipating that outcome compared to fourth wing which i gave a 67 and so the sunbearer trials is now our top pick with 225.2 points okay (laughs) What was the total though on fourth wing? The total on fourth wing was 225. 200.25. Sorry. 200. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, it's, there. there's about a 25.15 difference between those two spots. <laughs> so next time, well, our next episode is technically our first book topic discussion and we will be discussing the history of lgbtq plus publishing uh that should be interesting because we've not done one of these before so we'll see how that goes it's supposed to take the place of our rapid reads so it's supposed to be a shorter episode and then after that we are continuing our 
pride reads with darkness outside of us the darkness outside us yeah yes okay go ahead were you say something uh, I was just going to say, I sure hope Kim has a better connection next time so our discussion is a little less two-sided. I think she will, because she'll be home. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. And then, as a heads up, if uh, you do not follow us on social media, we are now available through the application Fable, which is a app that is designed for book club discussions. We are doing... Tell me I'm worthless on there, which is our final pride pick. I don't think, Sarah, that you have joined yet, so I'm going to pester you about that. I didn't know why you were sending links about something I know. called I'm Fable. Gonna, there was no explanation. I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to you again so you can join. So you if you've not picked up Tell Me I'm Worthless yet, I highly recommend it. And you can leave like different comments throughout all the different chapters. We will also be commenting as well. Um, and we will be doing this going forward. We will always have one of our our podcast reads as our pick of the month to discuss. So you can talk with us. Of course, it was the one you chose. It was at the end of the month <laughs> when I made this choice. Um, so I was going for our final episode to give them a month to read it and make comments so we could then possibly respond to their comments on the podcast. Well... Uh, up until like an hour ago, Darkness Outside of Us would have been the last one. I thought Tell Me I'm Worthless was the last one when I did that, Sarah. <laughs> oh, sounds okay. pretty fishy. Also, you didn't like give us also, the you... option to opt into this or opt out. This has just been so, dropped on to me. You aren't even on it yet. So, you know. Anyways, not a discussion for recording. <laughs> So, any final thoughts? I don't believe so, no. Okay, then on that note, our intro and outro music is by... Grant called... <sighs> Sarah. Oh, sorry. By brain. Okay. On that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also support us on bookshop.org. Our link is available via our social media. You can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.